Hello, everybody. It's Alicia Tu, and welcome to a brand new Knotfest heavy conversation. Today, I'm joined by Knotfest hosts Daniel Decay, Tori Kravitz, and Stay Puff Mellow. What is new with each of you? Hi. Hello. <laughs> Just hanging you. <laughs> the same. Ready to talk about a bunch of news. Uh, how about you, D and Stay mm -hmm. Puff? How have both of you been? I'm I'm doing great. I just got home from a long and grueling U.S. tour. It actually wasn't long or grueling. It was a lot of fun. I uh, just got back from a U.S. tour and uh, getting reacquainted with my record collection and my cat. So I'm I'm on top of the world. But I bet they're excited to see you, man. Yeah, my cat has been drooling for two days nonstop since I got home. She's a drooler. She gets all all the love. Excited. Yeah, she like she's a little baker. She like needs at the bed sheet. She's a little you know making making a dough. <laughs> And then uh, she starts drooling when I pet her head, and it's just—it's really cute. Yeah, but oh my god, time she'll be sick of me and sleeping in the other room again. I'm—I'm I'm sure of it. <laughs> and John, I can see you're calling in from a totally different location as well. Yeah, I'm in an undisclosed location somewhere uh, west of Chicago, somewhere undisclosed. I just told you where it was at, but like, yeah, just uh, <laughs> uh, hanging out with a buddy, doing a doing an errand real quick, and uh, living that road life for uh, all of five seconds. So get like a little tiny slice of what D is used to all the time. Everyone's. What, uh, what bunk do you go for on a bus? You you a top? Uh, I went in the middle, actually, because I didn't want to, I was like, I didn't want to fall down and I didn't want to like crawl up anything. So like, I mean, there's nobody else on the bus right now. There's only three people on it. So I don't have the full experience right now. But yeah, I went back middle uh, on the left and uh, slept pretty all right, actually. Not bad. Optimal location. Good choice. <laughs> I feel like we've, we've all had those moments where we've been on the tour bus. It's like, all right, where the hell are we going to end up tonight in terms of the bunks? Yeah. <laughs> And then Tori, for you, you're actually calling from the UK. So how's it been over there? Yeah, I'm in England. Florida girl goes abroad. Uh, so getting used to the cold and the rain and the gray. But, you know, the UK is home to so much amazing music. So I'm feeling the inspiration all around me today. Cannot complain one bit. I love it. Well, we're going to hop right into our very first topic of the show. And this is a big one, as Lamb of God have announced details for their very first heavy metal cruise called Headbangers Boat. It's wicked because fans can get spooky with some of the world's literally best metal bands as the ship sets from October 31st to November 4th of next year from Miami to the Bahamas. Tons of amazing bands will be joining Lamb of God as well, including Macedon, Hatebreed, Guar, and a ton of others. So who on the panel loves a good metal cruise? Have anyone here actually done one before? And what are your thoughts on this one? All right, start with you, Dee. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I love a metal cruise. I love a music cruise. Um, this Headbangers boat sounds awesome for me. Obviously, I love Lamb of God, but the big draw for me is that they're playing Ashes of the Wake in its entirety, which is, without a doubt, my favorite Lamb of God record and every old-school Lamb of God, or it's, it's the one. It's fucking perfect. Uh, those are the songs that I go off the hardest for in their set currently, so to hear that whole album for the first time ever, stoked on that. A reunited Shadows Fall on that cruise as well. That's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool thing to add on there. But um, this general idea of music cruises is is not new and it's becoming way more popular and there's tons of them that exist that people don't even know about i've had the pleasure of playing on some and attending some as a as a spectator um i've done the kiss cruise i've done the monsters of rock cruise the seventy thousand tons of metal and uh it's like they're the best experiences if you're the kind of person 
that enjoys being pampered to and like, you know, you like the five-star hotel experience and you like beaches and you like swimming and playing volleyball, but you also love bands 24 hours a day. These are the vacations for you. It's, uh, it's wild. Like on the 70,000 tons of metal, the last band plays at three in the morning or four in the morning and the band starts at 10 a.m. So it's like just nonstop music. And I mean, from a fan perspective, um, it's, it's like, being on one of these cruises, you're there for like minimum three, four, five days. Mm-hmm. Um, it really like removes the backstage barrier. You're kind of eating on the same buffet as your rock and roll heroes. And, you know, you're, you're, you know, using the same pool as them. And when you stop at the beach, everybody's just laying there together. It's just like it really, you know, you put people in bands on pedestals, especially me as a fan. When I did the Kiss Cruise, I lived my whole life, my favorite band, put them on this like unattainable pedestal. And then it's like... Holy shit! I'm eating the same egg salad as Paul Stanley today. Like you know, it's just like it's like wild. Um, so I mean, I'm uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of these cruises. They are literally floating five star hotels uh, with nonstop music. There's uh, nothing better than uh, a music cruise for me. So I definitely want to go on that Headbangers boat just to see Ashes of the Wake and uh, Shadows Fall, who I have not seen forever. I'm so stoked they're a band again. I had no idea that it was actually that communal in a sense where all the bands just kind of roam wherever the fans are on the boat and everything. So that's a really neat perspective on just kind of selling me to want to go to one of these even more. That's really neat. It's it's really interesting. Like some of the bigger rock stars like to see what their incognito mode looks like. So like on the 70,000 tons, like dudes from like the headline bands are like, they're known for their like tattoos and like long hair and like everyone knows everyone knows what a guy like millet from creator looks like but when he ties up his hat and wears a baseball cap and a hoodie like you know it's kind of like cool it's like fun to see like who goes to the breakfast buffet like as themselves or incognito it's dude, yeah. it's a really cool experience. if you ever have the opportunity to do it um and you, you're into that type of vacation do it it's it's a really good time it sounds like a good time just speaking to that tori john have either of you experienced this before as well I've never been on a cruise before in my life. Me too. Yeah, hearing Dee talk about that, like, Tori, I know you're a Florida girl, though, so it's like cruises are, like, right next door to what you're doing. I grew up in the mid-Atlantic away from the ocean, and my family was just, like, we were never a beach-going family. We were never a a cruise family. We were never, like, a big water family or anything like that. So um, I have a lot of friends who, like, swear by cruises and say, like, they're the most fun. I've had a couple who's, like, yeah, there's one bad experience where we got stuck at sea for, like, three days but other than that like it's totally fine but hearing what what d was saying about like that wall being broken down and just getting to hang out i feel like that's also would be great just as a fan perspective with other fans because you know most shows you go to a show you hang out for a night and then you leave but this one you're constantly around all these different people who might be seeing the same bands that you are so like i don't know d like for building friendships and stuff like that i feel like that's really fun too um, and then especially like trying to see Lamb of God and Shadows Fall, dude, the last time I saw Shadows Fall was 2012 and they were playing with another band who I believe is also on this bill with God Forbid, who's coming back and like, the, dude, such a great band, such a great band. I'm like so stoked that they're coming back and doing shows again because they're very formative for me. I just haven't been able to see them anywhere that they've been to. They just been a little bit too far out of my reach. I'm happy that you'll be able to actually reunite with not one, but two of those (laughs) bands very, very soon. Uh, And Tori, of course, you said that you have done these before. So what was your experience like? 
Yeah, yeah. It wasn't quite as metal as this lineup, but I did uh, a few years ago, I want to say it was in 2015, 2016, I did the Paramore, Parahoy cruise. Um, and like Lights was on there, Newfound Glory, uh, you know, so it's more of like a pop punk kind of cruise. But I think what to me is really cool about these music cruises in general is like, you know, being a Florida girl, having been around cruises and beaches my, my whole life, I think something that I struggled a lot with was finding a community or just like a scene within the vacation spectrum that I identified with. Cause like, you know, being an alternative kid that likes to wear black skinny jeans, throwing them on a cruise is not a very good idea as a, you know, young kid. So having these kind of cruises where it's like, if the whole family likes the music and wants to hop on that cruise, it's something so much more comfortable and exciting and, um, just more so identifies with that kind of subculture versus like a Disney cruise or something where it's just like, oh man, now I'm going to go sit around with all these little kids running around on the, on the boat. So I think music cruises are such a cool idea. And it's like you guys were saying, totally immersive where you get to meet so many new people and really develop special friendships where it's like a music slumber party or all night or however you want it to be. Um, So it's a great experience. And I definitely had a fun time on that Paramore cruise. And yeah, it's like middle of the night on a boat deck seeing your favorite bands. It's sick. Okay, I'm sold. I feel like, John, we have to get on this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go. S- sign me up right now. Sign me up. We're ready. Oh, man. Oh, you guys, it, like, and it doesn't stop, too. Like, I mean, the you find your people and, like, you're going to midnight karaoke with them. And it's just like, it really is. Like, Tori nailed it. It's like, I love vacation activities, but it's hard to find your people when you're a rocker and you're, you know, yeah. on a beach of uh normies and uh you know like this this is truly it's like sometimes i'll walk by a hot tub at a resort and it's like ah man i can't get in with these people they're gonna hate me with nothing in common (laughs) walking by the hot tub on one of these rock and roll cruises it's like man these are my people let's get in and meet everyone yeah do it both you guys let's all all four of us let's go booking a cruise let's go i'm I'm sold like you stop you had me you had me at the beginning oh me too (laughs) Well, we're going to go from one wild festival and show to another as Sick New World Fest has announced the massive, massive lineup that's ready to hit Las Vegas on May 13th of next year. There's System of a Down, Corn, Deftones, Incubus, Evanescence, Turnstile, Papa Roach, the list literally goes on and on. And for me personally, I love seeing a festival like this, one that's literally the in-person, almost concert version of when I press play on my heavy rock Spotify playlist, you know? So I think it's really cool to see more festivals kind of focusing on one genre of music and it gives me that option as well as a music lover who has an eclectic taste to do something like Coachella where I can see a bunch of acts from electronica to rap to rock uh, but then go to something like Sick New World where there's a singular genre and vibe to indulge in the entire time so who else here loves seeing yet another uh, genre specific music festival come to light and who wants to go as badly as I do Tori let's start with you (laughs) dude (laughs) I am very passionate about this lineup. It is absolutely my dream. Like every time I looked at that poster, I thought I was done freaking out. And then I'd be like, wait, but also this band? And it's so cool, like you were saying, just to have like your entire dream playlist in one lineup. So, I mean, we have Cold Chamber doing their first show since 2015, Flyleaf making a comeback with Lacey. It's insane. And like personal favorites, London After Midnight, Cradle of Filth, She Wants yeah. Revenge. Um, so it's it's awesome. I didn't even see She Wants Revenge on there. I was just spinning. That's amazing. See, that's how big the lineup is, everyone. Like, it's that big. Uh, Dee, how about you? What are you feeling on this new announcement? 
Um, I think I think it's it's funny because I always am a, a big advocate of preaching about how I love mixed bills and you know what you're saying that Coachella effect. I love stuff like that because it allows for you know growth and musical unity and exposing yourself to bands you literally would have other otherwise may not have come across. Um, but there is something really spe special about these like genre niche festivals. Um, emo and new metal may not be my cup of tea but in my world of the more like thrash and death and traditional metal there's tons of these awesome like you know genre specific festivals and if you look past the mainstream the valkens the hellfest the bloodstocks you come across these things like muskel rock in sweden or hell's heroes in houston uh maryland death fest keep it true in germany um and and these are like yeah, I know the mix bill's awesome, but when you really nail your scene and you know the music you identify with on one bill, there's something incredibly special about that. You like literally walk around, you recognize every band on every t-shirt. You meet people who also know the lyrics to every song and every band's discography on the festival. Um, it, it's there's there's something really cool about that sense of unity and uh you know finding your people so uh you know while this sick new world may not be the festival for me um i totally get why people are so stoked about it because when there's like an old school thrash festival or like a, a new wave of traditional heavy metal festival that gets announced i'm the first guy in line and it stops being about watching the bands at a certain point at these festivals like you know a lot of those coachellas it's you know about the running back and forth and like maybe catch this buzz band or maybe do that but like at the at the genre specific festivals it's like all the other shit becomes way more fun too like all the other the, the vendors and all the other activities and you know perhaps if there's camping if it's that type of festival that all becomes more fun because you're guaranteed that you're hanging out with you know your people um, you know, there's no, you don't have to try and fit into a scene there because it is your scene. That's why you're there. It's a, it's a niche festival. Um, so there's definitely something to be said about that. Still love my mixed bills. I still love hip hop, hardcore and death metal on the same bill, but mm -hmm. there's something mm -hmm. to be said about uh, stuff like sick new world. This is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I feel like we're all yeah. for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. John. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I was going to say, I mean, I also feel like, I mean, they got the, like that new metal, that early 2000s vibe in there, right? Like when you have, you know, Deftones, Kitty, uh, Evanescence, uh, you know, all the corn, all those bands, right. You definitely get in there, but I do think that there is a little bit of uh, nice diversity on the lineup as well. Like when you have corn and turnstile on there, like props for getting a band like turnstile in that festival, uh, you know, sisters of mercy, are going to be there i think that like going in to see this like you know this you know goth post-punk thing and then going to like after seed cradle of filth and then going to see deftones after that like that's a vibe i think that a lot of people can get in on and i think with the success of a festival like when we were young and with how in dire straits the music industry and the touring industry was for a couple of years having these like almost can't miss bills right i mean yes i want to see deftones and corn and system of a down on the same bill that's like middle school me all over the place um but like also props for them for getting like newer bands like scowl or loathe or turnstile or uh, any of these other bands that people may not have heard of and uh to get 
people into seeing those bands. And that's what I think is going to be great about these festivals going forward is, yeah, it's going to be amazing to have those, you know, bands that are likely going to be the headliners for time in memoriam going forward, but then get people in with those new music and new bands to show like, look, we're not just a nostalgia genre anymore. We still have other people that are, you know, making great music and going to carry the torch after that. So I think it's great. Like uh, a couple of days in Las Vegas should be fun. And just seeing all of those bands on that bill, I mean, regardless, see, if you grew up at a certain time, like I know a lot of us uh, on this call did, I think that there's going to be at least one, if not many more bands for someone to enjoy over there. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that as well with the newcomer bands, because I think when Sick New World got announced, that was something I was seeing on on the internet was a lot of feedback that, oh, where are the new bands? Why aren't we supporting the new music? Yeah, there's so much nostalgia, but these big bands already have a platform. So thank you for mentioning Scowl, Spirit Box, these smaller bands, or not smaller bands, but newer bands that need that platform too. Because um, we are giving them that opportunity where it's like such heavy hitters on the lineup and it's like, hey, and we're also going to show you some new music too. And also great female representation on this lineup as well, which I know has been a hot topic as of recently. So well okay. job. Well, well done. Good job to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now on this next one, feel free to either say Sick New World or Headbangers Bow all at once. But we have to dive into the weekly two cues. The first one being simply which festival you're most excited about at this very moment. So were there any others that were recently announced or intrigued you? Or are you going to go with one of the two that we really focused on today? D, go ahead. Uh, I'll annoy you and pick three. Here we go. Uh... <laughs> Metallica just announced they're doing download two sets, no repeat songs. Because we all know that when bands say they're doing two headline sets at the same festival and they're going to have different set lists, it means the variables. It means like yeah. the audibles get called. They swap in six different songs. You still have your same opener, your same closer, your same midpoint. Uh, no, not Metallica. Two completely unique sets. So, yes, I'm going to download this year. Um, as well, uh, what just got announced is the Tons of Rock Fest in Oslo. Uh, Ghost, Gojira, Behemoth, Mayhem, Voivod, etc. Uh, what I'm really jazzed about is it's the 10th show that Pantera's announced. Uh, so far, all those Pantera shows are in uh, South America or Europe. Um, you know, this one included in Oslo. I'm really excited to see what Pantera is going to be doing for North America. Leads me to believe that if all these fests for Europe are getting announced, that perhaps there's something more like tour oriented being announced for North America. So uh, pretty stoked on tons of rock. Got to see Pantera at least five times. Uh, <laughs> five times will be, be my minimum number. So that might be one of them. And uh, I mentioned this festival earlier when we were talking about uh, niche festivals, but um, I got to plug this one. The Hell's Heroes lineup in Houston this year is fucking insane. If you're not familiar, it's a three-day festival that goes down every year. Uh, it's, you know, slowly becoming one of the most talked about uh, metal festivals in the U.S. Uh, sold out of their uh, normal sized indoor venue this year. They've moved it to the larger outdoor venue. Um, it's got all sorts of like specialized and unique sets and uh, exclusives. This year, Tom G. Warrior doing two different sets on two different days. One is the Hellhammer set. And of course, one is the Celtic Frost set. So that's fucking insane. But other than that, it's like Possessed, Razor, Destruction, Liege Lord, Visigoth, Christian Mistress, Pagan Altar. Um, it starts with like huge bands like that. And then at the bottom, it's a lot of like new bands, like smaller bands. You got like your Haunts and your Skull Fist. And it even goes 
Uh, it even goes small. You got Tower from New York, like all the way from like hard rock and roll, tra- tra- traditional, like new wave of traditional metal uh, to like, you know, the legends of thrash and death metal. This festival really covers anything from that old school spirit um, and anything from that sound. And it's fucking awesome. And it's like, of course, like it's got that Euro festival mentality. There's like vendors selling tons of bootlegs and all sorts of cool <laughs> shit that you can use at the European festivals uh, and you know the food programs are rad that was like uh, tons of cool like barbecue options and vegan options and it's like man it's 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 a bro down like everyone who's in anyone from that world is there for three days so has heroes in Houston fucking stoked for that one I always feel like when I ask this question I'm in school just getting ready to learn about a bunch of new shit anytime DE takes on the answer uh, but I'm always here for it uh, so yeah tons of amazing bands and Places I didn't even know were hosting festivals to that length and size. So that's awesome. Uh, Tori, how about you? What's on your radar? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to double down on Download Fest. That was the one on my mind. I mean, of course, Metallica playing those two unique sets. Huge. We also have Slipknot and Bring Me the Horizon headlining. Um, and they have added a fourth day to the to the festival this year, being the 20th anniversary. So all around that lineup is absolutely stacked. And I've never yeah. been to a download festival. So fingers crossed I somehow find my way over there this year. Because that's definitely one on my bucket list. And then John, it's, how about download you? is pretty wild to see just the amount of people that are there. You know, you turn around and it's like, oh shit, there's there gotta be like forty thousand people behind me, and there's about forty thousand people in front of me too. Jesus. Um no, I'm gonna echo uh like I think Tori and uh DK said it all, but I'm gonna echo DK with tons of rock. I got a chance to go last year and it was just a great festival. Is it's, it's uh, smaller than your downloads or things like that, but still going to have plenty of people and plenty of crowds. Uh, the organization is great. The food is great. The vendors are great. Like they have different uh, vinyl record stores that have tents and everything up where you can pick up all sorts of records. You could pick up shirts. You can pick up memorabilia, uh, merch, all this stuff. And they have a post office on site. So if you're <laughs> like me and are like uh, coming from all over the place, you could just go over to this little tent and mail all of your posters and records and stuff like that back home yeah so you don't have to buy an extra seat for your creative vinyls that are going to break or something like that like they thought of everything the ingenuity yeah Yeah. um yeah and the 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 lineup's great people is great oslo is great norway is great it's just like if you're looking for a cool festival that has uh both your like norwegian dad rock your norwegian black metal and ghost and everything in between uh like last year what did they have they had uh you know it's like deep purple iron maiden five finger death punch and bring me the horizon were the headliners but then you also had 1349 and enslaved and opeth and a bath and all of those other things it's just a great great mix of of genres and a nice diversity on that bill and there's something for everybody and it doesn't get dark there until like you know 11 30 about that time of night so you get all of the daylight in the world it's great tons of rock everybody go yeah, the first time I ever experienced daylight at a 9 p.m. concert was when I was in Finland seeing Kiss and Def Leppard and Slipknot. And it blew my mind watching these bands having fireworks and all these crazy theatrics. Meanwhile, it was still light outside. So it's so, it's so baffling and crazy, but it's so much fun. And it just makes you realize I'm at the other side of the world watching these amazing bands in the middle of nowhere. It's it's a really cool feeling. <laughs> yeah, nothing's better than listening to Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden when there's just like light in the sky and in the middle of the song, Bruce Dickinson's like, it's not very dark, you know, no way is it? And then, you know, go into the chorus and everything. Fantastic. Oh, man. <laughs> 
the 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 light thing in 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 uh in in Scandinavia can like really fuck with a North American crowd like uh uh, to make a ridiculous story short, I was in Sweden once playing a festival and there was an after party. And I said, hey, man, what's the latest I can get a ride back to our hotel, the festival run? What's the latest I can get a ride? He's like, dude, don't worry about it. You got tons of time. We'll leave at sunrise. I'm like, cool. My North American ass mind. I'm like, I can party till 6 a.m. So I'm partying at the after party. 2.45 in the morning, I look out the window. I'm like, wait, is that the fucking sun coming up at 2.45 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that'll, that'll fucking mess with your head a little bit, man. Yeah, been there. Um, well, <laughs> I feel like I, as much as I want to kind of echo everything on download, because again, that's one that's escaped me for years and I have to go. Um, I have my eyes set on Sick New World right now. And the main reason is because there's another band that I haven't been able to see yet being System of a Down. And just to see them live finally, especially in a setting like that, I, I just think it'd be euphoric, like singing my lungs out to every single word, just having that concert experience, you know, you'll you'll never forget because they you've been chasing them for so long, you know? Um, I feel like that's a big part of it, is that concert chase. So it has to happen. And this festival just seems like the perfect spot to do it. So fingers are crossed, I can make my way. Um, but now we're gonna mosey into the music we're loving right now. So what has been your track of the week or the track you're currently loving? I'm gonna kind of go with the expert in the group as John hosts shows on this. So what new tunes are you loving right now? Yeah, so I'm going to go back uh, a couple of weeks, actually, uh, to October 28th. There's a debut album from a Portland, Oregon two-piece called Hoax. They do, like, uh, gothic, dark, gloomy rock uh, type of stuff, and uh, it's fucking great. Uh, their song, The Knowing, I have been obsessed with since I heard it for the first time. Just got a cool, like, double bass groove, and it sounds... Uh, like, you know, perfect for the season that we're in, like they're conjuring spirits from the woods <laughs> talking about, you know, looking into a, a crystal ball and wanting to know the future and what your future holds and everything like that. Um, I uh, talked with uh, Kim and Kat from the band on Pulse of the Maggots. They were just an absolute delight. And uh, they recently went out on tour with Sylvain and Amorphous, which was really cool. They did that earlier this year and I'm very very stoked to see what is coming from them in the future because with even with their debut album right now the more that I've spun it the better it's gotten and uh, it's just perfect for this time of year and ready to see what they do and Relapse has just like a fuck ton of great artists and great releases this year like whether it's ripped to shreds whether it's hoax whether it's what other band you can think of like props to them so hoaxed the knowing is spinning all the time up here right now <laughs> and Tori how about you What's spinning all the time up here? <laughs> Ooh, spinning all the time. So this one's not really a new pick, but it's one that I've recently revived. Um, Alcest has been on my loop as of recently. Their song Sapphire, which is, yes, the most popular. However, most popular for a reason. Um, so they've been the band that's credited for uh, really uh, building up the Black Gaze a genre which is that combination of metal and shoegaze and I I love like the doomier metal like just a little heavy and slow and oh and I also do enjoy shoegaze and some other different types of music so I'm all across the board so I feel like Alcest just kind of scratches that itch in in many different um influences so it's equal parts heavy ethereal and right now being in England it's very gloomy and a little cold <laughs> so it just matches the vibe outside very, very well <laughs> okay and D how about you 
Um, there's a really good record coming out on uh, November 18th. Um, it's an Italian speed metal band, and boy, do they look the part. Uh, the band's called Witch Hunter. The album's okay. called Metal Dream. Shocking. Uh, the record, <laughs> uh, it's, it's super melodic. It's epically catchy, like choruses, like burned in your brain literally after one time hearing them. Um, but what I really like about it is it's a little bit varied. It's, uh, it's kind of like a ride with peaks and valleys, um, straight ahead, ripping double bass speed, like borderline thrash stuff and, you know, the soaring high vocal. Um, but then it, you know, slows down for those mid tempo bouncy riffs, more of the fist pumping stuff. And then there's also like straight up spacey acoustic, clean passages, intros, like kind of like epic sword type shit um really into it uh, album's great witch hunter uh it's refreshing and uh yeah it comes out november 18th it's on dying victims which is like really rapidly becoming probably my favorite underground label uh you know shout out to 20 bucks spin for having that uh my favorite label uh of the year for like the last five years running but i feel like this might be the year of dying victims they've had so many great releases and this is one uh so keep your eye out for this band they've been around for a while but this record seems like it might be the one okay I'm going to be going with something that's a little poppier, but has some darker elements. And I don't know how this announcement actually escaped me, but you know what? There are just so many artists out there. You just, you, you simply can't keep up with everything. Uh, well, Phoenix apparently have a new album. No idea. Um, so I go down the investigative path, find out that it's called Alpha Zulu. And then I realize that it's actually been out for a week. It's not on the horizon, but it is out. Uh, the songs are so hooky and a couple are weirdly experimental, but in a flawless way where I'm like, how are they integrating these things together from in your face 80s pop nuances to just dreamy warm dance beats. So I'm very happy that the universe somehow threw this record my way, but that is what's been on my radar a ton. The newest from Phoenix. So there we have it. A lot of different choices this week, which I love. Very big mix here. So well done. Well yeah, done. group Best board. Nice <laughs> job, everybody. That's <laughs> right. I would do this. Look at this totally. table. table of awesome, you know, music nerds who all like different shit. I think we make we make a great team. We really do. And I'm so glad you bring that up because the beauty is, of course, the four of us are music nerds, but we know that everyone listening and watching are as well. So if you guys would like even more music, Recos listeners can hit up Pulse of the Maggots and the new Flesh playlists on NotFest.com and all streaming platforms worldwide. Uh, but there you all have it. Another episode of NotFest Heavy Conversations. Thank you so much for watching and a massive thank you to our incredible panel of Daniel Decay, Tori Kravitz, and Stay Puff Mellow. I've been Alicia and we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Peace.